You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I'm uh, digging into the mailbox again, and I like this one. So it says, hey, podcast idea for you. You might have already covered this, but... Can you do a podcast on like the do's and don'ts while working with a client? All right, just some key tips that you could give to make your clients feel more comfortable and trusting with you. Also, like things you shouldn't say or shouldn't discuss with a client. All right, so let's let's talk about this. And I appreciate the question, and I did not write down who asked that question, so sorry. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to shout you out, but hopefully you're listening and you can follow up and say, hey, thanks so much. Um, all right. So first and foremost, first and foremost, just don't be late. And there's there's going to be a, a list of things. I call it the five T's uh, when it comes to creating boundaries in a session. So, um, so creating boundaries, I think, is very important. But before we even get there, I think that I, I just need to say don't be late as best as you can. Don't be late. All right, cool. Now, um, let's get into these five T's of creating boundaries. And I'm not saying like these are like research. These are just five T's that I came up with when it came to creating boundaries. All right, so here's the first one. And when it comes to your five T's, ultimately, like it's going to come to the first one, which is time. Don't be late. Don't, uh, you can't show up late to this, but also like you do have to have conversations with clients that are chronically late. You have to have those conversations. And sometimes your clients are going to be late and then expect you to keep training for the additional 10 minutes that they were late. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm late 10 minutes, I will do my best if I'm not booked back to back to go 10 minutes later with you. Otherwise, uh, I'll say, hey, let me um, uh, prorate the session. I can give you some money back for the time that was missed, or I can give you an additional 10 minutes at a later time. But when clients miss my time, they miss my window, I train from six to seven. I train from seven to eight. I train from eight to nine. You are booking that window. Now, if I I book from if I'm at nine to 10 and I don't have a 10 o'clock person and I feel comfortable and I don't necessarily have to feel obligated. I can say, you know what, if if it's possible for you, because I want to respect your time, you were late, but I don't want to assume you can go longer. If I have time and I'm comfortable, I say, hey, I've got a few more minutes that we can go uh, into um uh, a few more minutes, maybe not the full 10 minutes, but I can go a little bit further if that works for you and your time. And they say, oh, thank you so much, right? But when people start saying, listen, I was 10 minutes late. You owe me 10 sessions. I don't owe you that. So I'm creating boundaries. But I have to have a conversation with clients that do that, a serious conversation. If you're chronically late or um, you're late for the time that you told me you were going to be, we have to have a conversation around that. That's the same conversation that you have with people that cancel on you and you have a 24 hour cancellation policy that you never use because you don't want to bring up uncomfortable things. It's going to keep getting more and more uncomfortable. And I only, just so you know, I only do the 24 hour cancellation for clients that are regularly 
doing that. If I have regular clients and they're solid and they have to cancel last minute, do it. Do it. Life has been good between the two of us and sometimes things come up and that's fine. But if it keeps happening and it happens again, hey, you know I do have a 24-hour cancellation policy. It's been two times now that you've done this or you did this just so you know next time you do this, I'm uh, I'm going to charge you for the session. The reason we charge people for the session is to get people to really adhere and commit to the session. So when they don't show up to it and they get charged for it anyway, they see that this is something that you commit to. And that's why we set it up that way, right? A lot of this, you make it about me and I'm just trying to charge it. Like I don't make my money off of charging people sessions uh, that they don't train. Like that's not how I make my money. That's not my goal or my focus just to make money off of people that don't show up. My goal and my focus is to keep you accountable for what you committed, right? So uh, for instance, now as a parent, I might have things pop up and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, I got to cancel on you. And I will either give you a free session or I will get a, you get to cancel on me for free card. So anytime in the future, I will not hold you to the 24-hour cancellation policy, but I don't get to get out of this without any repercussions if I'm just like, hey, I can't make it today. But if you said the same thing, I was going to charge you for it. So you got to make it right on both ends. So when it comes to creating boundaries, you got to make sure that you're being as fair to them as, as you are holding them accountable to you. So creating those boundaries, don't be late. If you have to miss, you got to make that up to them. And if they have to miss, they may owe you for that session. But be respectful of the time. Also, uh, at the end of a workout, I had somebody email me the other day and was like, by the time I was done with the session and the, the, the orientation, we were two hours into it. Yo, if that's you, you need to set a timer. Here's what I, I like this. I watched Ted Lasso. I think it's such a, a funny show. And, um, that at some point there's a therapist and, you know, people can get to be talking and they're like, and then they just cut me off. And the, then the therapist is like, uh, by the way, Ted, it is time. Right. So, um, like there in that example, in this talk therapy session and his heart is just pouring out and it's just like, time, sorry, I gotta go. Um, maybe a little more gently, uh, on the, uh, on the removal of that. So you may want to set a, a timer that says this is five minutes till the end of our session if you need it, and stop your session on time. Start your sessions on time. Start your sessions. Stop them. Be punctual. Be on time. And create that boundary. And time is a boundary, so create it. So that's time, number one. Number two is touch. Number two is touch. Now, this I know, I know. If I leave this unanswered for long enough, everybody's going to be freaking out. What are we talking about right now? What are we talking about? Um, first of all, is going to be touch for you as a personal trainer with your clients. It's going to be different from client to client. And so I always ask, is it okay if I touch and I cue you? And it might be an example of in between the shoulder blades when you're doing a row, right? So I'm, I'm going to touch in between your shoulder blades if that's okay. Or is it okay? I, I won't lead with an expecting question, right? So is it okay? Do you mind if I just give you a tactile cue, a touch between your shoulder blades so that you can feel that? 
most people are going to be fine with that. But you asked, and so that helps. Here's the problem. Man, we talk about abdominal exercises a lot, core exercises, glute exercises. And sometimes when it comes to these exercises, there are cues that look fine and you've been cleared to do, right? So it's okay if I touch your hips when you're doing a bridge and I like like grab their hip bones and I might help lift them up and say, give me a little more extension and I'll give when they're doing a bridge and I'll pull their hips up a little bit. Is it all right if I touch you and just give you a little pull right there and they go, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely feel it more. Like you have to do that on your hips. It's a glute exercise. I'm not pulling up from their bums. And there might be points where I might poke a muscle, but you got to be real careful about not just who you are and what you do in the relationship with your client, but also with other people that are around. And look, I've seen trainers that have done some really, I'm talking like nearly vulgar things with their clients on the floor that I've had to bring up to managers and things like that at places that I've trained before. Um, and it's rare, but it happens and you can't be that person. But what you also can't be is you can't be the trainer and then have a client assume the same thing about you, right? That, that you have been working very hard on your gluteus maximus. They can't just say, I want a bum that looks like yours and smack you on it. That is not okay. That is not okay. And so you're creating boundaries within self. So what you don't do, what you should never do, what you should never feel um, pressured to do or obligated to do or should have done or when a boundary is crossed, you can say the words, it is unfortunate that that happened. I don't feel comfortable with it. And I will take some of the responsibility because I didn't say anything at first, but I didn't think I needed to say something. Now it seems like I do. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I didn't even listen. I appreciate your apology. I need that to not happen again. I don't want this to change anything between us. I think we have a good working. You get that? A good working relationship. But that cannot happen again. All right. Get back in the driver's seat. Don't let anybody assume because they're giving you money that they get to do things that is not on the list of to-dos. So when we are creating boundaries, we're going to create boundaries around time and we're going to create boundaries around touch. And I want this to go both ways. You need to enforce boundaries around touch. You need to let me know if I do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Right. And say that I need to know if I do anything that makes you if I say something that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'm going to do that tactile cue in the future. Let me know if I do anything that makes you uncomfortable. What's never and it will never be my intention. But if it does happen, I need you to say something. Hopefully it never happens. And yet you've put it out there. And when you do that, it's very important, very important because it also says and um and I don't think it, you could even indicate it. Just say, you know, like I put this out there because I respect you and I want to uh, you to feel comfortable with me. No matter what happens, I don't ever want to put you in a weird position if I do say something. Uh, and you can be like, if you do something weird to me, I'm going to say something to you too, right? And you can have truth and jest within the same moment, but create your boundaries. 
Another boundary. So we've got time and we got touch. And now we're going to have tastefulness. So is it a tasteful relationship? Sometimes joking can be there that is distasteful. You can have innuendo. You can have the ambiance of a session um, and some of the things that go on within the session just feel like they're inching their way towards a um, less than tasteful experience. That you might be feeling that way, but also you need to be aware of your clients. And then also if there's a, a moment where there are people there that, um, you know, I've had, I've had clients that have said things about uh, people that they found attractive in the gym. Right. And, and then I have to be very clear with them that I say, I can appreciate all the hard work that this person put in that, that helps them look this way. It's amazing. Now let's get back to your hard work. Right. So to not sexualize it, to not, but, and then to, to redirect to the conversation and the experience that I want us to be having. However, if it goes that way again, I got to put my foot on the brake and I'd be like, hey, we're here to work out. Uh, you can go home, you can get on your phone and you can look at whatever you want to, right? But here, this is not where that's going to happen. You're not going to look into the, the classrooms and see people dancing and, and, and grope them with your eyes. You're not going to have that conversation with me. We're going to be focused on this. Listen, you have to do this if you want to keep working here, uh, working out here. You have to behave. So the jokes, the innuendo, the, this, this ambiance of heightened distastefulness that's happening. And that could be same thing, whether or not it's sexualized or it's somebody that they joke about being overweight or they joke about being a certain way that they are not, or they joke about, we don't, that's, that's off, that's off the table because it's putting yourself above someone else and you ain't better. You ain't better. And so lead with kindness, lead with gratitude, lead with the expectation that we're all here working to get better and that we're working, uh, that, that we're not going to let a, a distasteful conversation interfere with that. Now, the next T is going to be uh, temper. And I will say this, like, Sometimes trainers are um, hired because of this presentation of not temper, right? But like maybe the presentation that they are uh, a hard drill sergeant trainer. But that's that's a kind of different than a temper that is rude or belittling um, something uh, accusatory. So we need to take that into account as well, that as, and, and I know, look, we can get hypoglycemic and we start to get attitude and then we get short and sharp with people. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't get short. You can't get sharp with people. You have to be the professional here. The same thing goes with uh, your training clients. Like they can't do that to you. I remember one time I was training two um two women at the same time and one of them just wasn't feeling it and i had given them weights to do and man, i don't know something about giving 
the weight in this moment at this time, which the week before wasn't an issue. Fortunately, it wasn't an issue going forward, but it was just this moment of like frustration and it's too heavy. And, uh, and that took me back and her friend back. And so now there's this weird dynamic between us and I just, you know, trying to play it off. Right. And I probably did it the wrong way. I'm like, well, you did it last week. So uh, I just assumed it was okay today. All right. So that probably wasn't the best way to go about it. What I could have, if I read the room more clearly, instead of maybe stoking the fire a little bit, would have been like, I'm sorry. Um, Let's just lighten the weight or we can do a different exercise. And if you have an exercise you prefer to do, let's do what you feel more comfortable and confident doing right now. Because like I've got a plan for you, but we don't have to go with that. And we can alter it any way that's going to better meet you where you are and how you feel in, uh, today. Like, let's do that instead. And just take away any of the resistance that I had from the resistance that she had. So tempering our attitude. Let's bring the 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 frustration down a notch, the you know anger or whatever it is. And, and we need to read that and realize that if that's happening, if it happens from time to time, like rarely, then something's off. And if it happens regularly, then something's wrong. And that cannot happen. Look, I don't need your money. I like it. I like your money. But I don't like training you. I don't like your temper. I don't like your attitude. I can provide uh, you. Maybe it's just us and you don't work well with me and I don't work well with you. Whatever I'm doing is just not working for you. Um, it seems to be a lot of frustration when we exercise and I don't think I'm the right personal trainer for you. Maybe there's somebody else. Uh, be very careful who you give that client to though, because it may be something about you, but chances are it's something about them and you only want to set them up with somebody um, that really needs the money. No, no, somebody that is well-equipped at handling that. Um, and, and dealing with that. And that's that's not for us. That's not what we do. And I'm I, I'm a firm believer in letting go of those people, even and like money is money and it's very greatly appreciated, but I'm not going to um, concern myself with how bad my day is because I know I'm going to train that person later in it. Like sometimes you just got to let people go. And the final T that I have here is uh, taboo. So there are oftentimes considered to be taboo conversations and religion and politics tend to be some taboo conversations. And I've had some wonderful conversations about religion and some wonderful conversations about politics, but um, it's after I've trained people for a while, or you kind of like hint at something, uh, they hint at something and you become, you know, if, if you agree, then they, they think that you believe and you agree with everything that they agree with. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, I don't think that at all. Right. So, um, just work them out hard enough to make sure they're not talking. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I just say, Hey, man, I, I appreciate this, but I don't do, um, as, as a general rule, I don't do religion. I don't do politics. I don't do family drama in the sessions. Um, however, if that's a conversation that you need to have, then I can connect you with maybe somebody to talk to, or just save that with, uh, with your buddies over beers or whatever it is when you have these conversations, uh, you know, friends and phone calls 
but that's not what I do and where I connect with people while during a training session. Uh, and then if you keep bringing it up, I'm just gonna make you do cardio. I'm just gonna make you do a high intensity interval training so that by the time you catch your breath, it's time to work out again. So I don't have to hear you talk about it. And then just kind of like make a joke out of it, but indicating clearly that the seriousness and having a conversation as needed. Also think it's important that you acknowledge to your clients that they spend a lot of money and not only do they spend a lot of money, they spend a lot of time. I've talked about it on the show before that one hour workout is usually two hours for them. It's 30 minutes to get to you, get changed, maybe do some warm-ups, foam rolling or light drills before they start exercising. And then they get done working with you and then they got to go to the changing room and maybe shower and then uh, get back home or get back to work 30 minutes or so. It's only 15 minutes. Okay, it's an hour and a half every time they see you, right? Like whatever it is, they spend more time than the hour uh, in preparation for you, right? So just acknowledge that they put a lot into it and that sometimes you ask for things from them that in order to reach your goals, I may bring up some things that I believe that need to be prioritized. And if we can make them a priority, work towards that. And the final thing that I really want to say is that I think it's vital to celebrate. You've got to celebrate every little progress, every little thing they do, a high five, fist bump, right? Just a little jump up, chest pound, whatever it is. Like we've got to celebrate, celebrate what your clients do. So the do's and don'ts of working with clients, number one, do a hell of to celebrate. Sometimes not even celebrating uh, a success, but celebrating an attempt. Celebrate the attempt, right? They did 11 and they're trying to get their 12th one. I'm not celebrating that you didn't get 12. I'm celebrating that you got to 11. You knew you were fatigued and 12 didn't happen and you tried it anyway. I celebrate the failure. Did you work to failure? Failure, the gym is like where failure goes to win. Like failure at the gym is great. Do you have to go to failure at the gym? No, that's not my point. My point is that you pushed yourself and I respect that. I think that's super. And did you lift something? Did you um, add a different, an, an additional um, day of exercising when you weren't seeing me? Celebrate it, celebrate it, celebrate it. Did you go up two and a half pounds on your, um, uh, on your bench press? Do you get a new PR? What, what did you do? And every little thing. It's awesome. I love that you did that. I love your commitment to it. Um, and you can say the same thing, that same celebration when it comes to boundaries, right? When it came to being like, hey, man, just so you know, you were late today. And uh, and they talk to you about it. It's just about, I celebrate that. I think you're right. Absolutely. Um, I love that you felt comfortable enough with me to say something. I hope you continue to feel that comfortable with me. You're right. I apologize. I'm ready to get to work if you are. There are lots of other do's and don'ts for working with clients. But I think the do's and don'ts of these T's, the time, touch, tastefulness, temper, and taboo are pretty good boundaries to follow in creating and expressing those boundaries with your clients beforehand and as they come up are very important when it comes to do's and don'ts of working with clients. So I hope that you found that very helpful. And if you got questions for me, like this person did, reach out to me. You can hit me up at 
uh, dr.rickritchie on Instagram or rick.ritchie at nasn.org. Y'all keep inspiring people to fitness, keep celebrating, and keep checking those boundaries. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASN CPT Podcast.